Welcome, all of you fellow Arcanists out there, to the Frith Guild Podcast, where we explore an amazing world full of mystical creatures and their partners. Our hosts are Eric Smith and Scott Wareham, and they'll be your guides along this journey through pirate-infested waters. So grab your Eldrin, strap on your swords, and get ready to defend the seas from evil. Throughout this series, if you're not caught up to the chapters being discussed today, we urge you to hit the pause button, grab your copy of this wonderful book, and catch up. We'll be here when you get back. Safely on their getaway ship, Master Zelfry, Volk, and the other five apprentices learn that the dread pirate Callisto has a scale from the World Serpent, one of a set of ancient god creatures. Armed with the occult compass, Callisto could find other pieces and make some of the most powerful magical artifacts the world has ever seen. And it turns out they aren't as safe as they thought. Callisto has somehow tracked them across open ocean. So, with Master Zelfry captured and possibly dying, Volk and the other apprentices need to rescue him from the deadliest pirate in the world, find the occult compass which no one has seen in hundreds of years, and tell the Frith Guild what is going on. And who should come up with a plan for what to do? Nicolin the Rizzle. What could go wrong? But before we get to the book, let's look at two more pieces of advice from the series. Today's advice are both quotes from Luthair the Nightmare Eldrin. Luthair advises Volk, Doubt is your biggest weakness, and inaction is often the worst choice of all. Now, let's get into chapters 21 through 25 of Dread Pirate Arcanist. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frith Guild podcast. I am the host, Eric. And I'm Scott. And today we are getting into chapters 21 through 25 of the Dread Pirate Arcanist book. Before we get into too much detail, we also want to remind everybody if Wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast, or if you're on YouTube watching this, we do ask you to please like, share, comment, whatever you're able to do on whatever streaming platform you're on. It does really help us. It gives us an idea. We're, we're, we're going in the right direction here. So, But without further ado, we'll kick that off in Chapter 21 today. So Chapter 21, heading north, we get back into Zelfry talking with Ilya after he finally gets a chance to catch up with her and he lays into her pretty hard uh, and I think it's pretty justifiable he even takes the guild pendant away and he says that he knows that she stole the venom and that she's acting childish and selfish and really just on her own vendetta rather than looking out for you know, the broader society or, or the guild's needs. And I, I personally agree with how Zelfry handles this. It's more looking at, you know, what is good for the broader society, what is good for not just her mission. At least Volk is, when he went after Ruma, there was the guild doing it for, you know, trying to save everyone else as well. It just happened to line up. Yeah, like, I guess, with, especially with Volk's situation with trying to take out Ruma, he didn't have to go out of his way to steal Venom or, you know, do something drastic to try to take him out. So I completely agree. Like, Selfie is permissible to, to, you know, get into her like he did. And after they finish their discussion, Selfie walks out. He pretty much runs right into Volk and knows that he was eavesdropping, whether intentionally or not. And there's this awkward moment where you almost feel it's like, is Zelfry going to say something? And then he just lets it go and figures it'll it'll work itself out and kind of walks on by. Adele just finally has the chance to go in and, and talk about the market and get his little fix in. <laughs> and he reveals that at the market, Callisto was actually able to get a world serpent scale. 
wow, like how how rich is this guy? Like he's got all these crew members. He's got this giant ship. Be throwing money, throwing leaves, making it rain here. <laughs> and the world serpent's supposed to be extinct, so I don't know how they got this one scale, but it's not something you're going to be able to find everywhere. So he paid a pretty penny for it, that's for sure. Just to kind of give some more background on the world serpent, it is rumored to be almost a fairy tale mystical creature that's said to really bond with gods. The gods of the men, it's insanely large and, and extremely powerful. And they talk a little bit. There's some back and forth on what's the use of the scale. It could be used just to imbue powerful artifacts, which is one, you know, dangerous option that Callisto could get his hands on something even more powerful. But then there's also the combination with the occult compass. If there somehow was another world serpent out there, Callisto would be able to find it. And who knows what he could do with it at that point. It kind of makes you wonder, like, are there a lot of world serpents? Is it just one? Like, is there a place where there's a lot of hatchling ones that you can bond with kind of thing? You know, we don't really have much more context than that. The Isle of World Serpents is out there. <laughs> and and the other one, it's, you know, they talk about it in this class of, you know, it's only bonds with, with gods of men. And you have to wonder, probably isn't the only Eldrin in that class. So what else... What else reaches that tier that is just so far and above magically powerful compared to everything else? Right. And they make this plan to go to the port, and not really the first port that you would expect to go to. Um, but what Zelfri wants to do is pretty much hold on to the journal and then find a way to... Callisto will come after the journal, and he'll be able to find a way to fight Callisto at that point. And you know what, that's that's pretty smart on their behalf of like, hey, we know Callisto wants to, to come after us. Let's not go for the very first place he's going to want to search because he thinks we're going there. At least he's got a little bit of sense of like, okay, he's, he thinks we're going to go here. Let's go somewhere else. So like kind of like the opposite direction. And a little bit, Callisto has shown how strong he is just from a magical standpoint and from the enhanced stamina from the mana core. So if you can find a way to be on your territory instead of his, or at least a place where he doesn't have the advantage, you need every every little advantage that you can get. And after Zelfri comes out, Nicolin comes out as well, and there's this cute little image of him wanting to cuddle with Volk and not wanting to be alone. And it's really cute description and kind of shows this softer side of Nicolin compared to his usual boisterous self and making all his comments and ranting about how great he is. Right, especially because he's always like puffy, you know, puffing his fur up and like, look at me, how how cool I am and how amazing I am. You better bow down. It's almost comical, like the way that he's constantly, but... Especially uh, but with yeah. how small he is. It's, right. it's very much the Napoleon complex coming out. <laughs> and... Ilya comes up and, and really wants to have a conversation with Volk. And Volk finds this out because Nicolin kind of points it out to him. And it's hinted that he should go talk to her. And there's this great moment of Luther, again, kind of hiding in the background until he's going to come out and scold Volk for not supporting her the way, way she probably needs to be supported. 
I feel like this is kind of like the only time we ever see Luther come out is like when he's like, okay, I, I need to scold Volk for something, you know? It's kind of that like big brother kind of almost. Yeah, it's a a, a teacher. He, he wants to let Volk drown as much as possible, but he's going to be there to save him if he needs it. And as they're having this conversation, and before Volk actually gets a chance to go talk to Ilya, Nicolin actually goes inside of Luther's helmet and is hiding out and, and almost playing inside of it. And I have to imagine just the stark contrast in their personalities that Luther is pretty annoyed about this. Like, there's, there's no way that Luther is not annoyed. Like, I imagine that Luther can't feel anything with Nicolin being inside. But just that Nicolin is inside of the helmet, just running around, you know, like, look at all the space kind of thing. <laughs> the blatant disrespect for, for my empty suit of armor. <laughs> and I think there's some kind of unique thoughts with this. Nicolin's able to teleport. Luther is able to, you know, shadow step. Can they do that together in this? Would Nicolin allow himself to be shadow stepped with Luther, or would he feel it and then go and teleport away. So a very a very curious situation and, and you can see if it wasn't so stressful that there are a few pretty funny opportunities that at play there. And Volk does end up going and talking to Ilya and is very respectful and doesn't say I told you so. And I think that would be really hard to do. It's tempting because he was always against the plan and always saw some of the flaws in it but he is very respectful of her and he is there for her and supporting her and you see that sibling bond that they have and that they are truly there for each other truly best friends truly family as they're talking Ilya lets on that Volk essentially brought Zelfri and not that Zelfri decided to come chasing after his apprentices. And it's frustrating because you feel for Volk because that wasn't actually his true intention. And Zelfri is probably the only reason they really made it out of there alive. So it's it feels petty, but I think it's one of those moments where Ilya needs a win. And that's the, the little win that she feels like she can get. If, if, if my sister out of him like I told you I told you I told you <laughs> she would have yeah she would have hated me for it but I'd have felt so so much better with Zelfri being there you know it's I feel like once she thinks about it and, and has time to kind of reflect on it she'll probably realize like Volk didn't intentionally bring Zelfri with him that Zelfri kind of just found them six of his apprentices decided to just deuce out in the middle of the night you, you don't think he's going to try to figure out what happened? Like, He'll just let that one go. You know? That's <laughs> right. They're kids. They're, they're doing something. They're out playing in the yard or something. So, and <laughs> the other strange part of this conversation is Ilya makes a comment that almost makes it seem like she's looking for a little bit more from Volk. And Volk does acknowledge this. And I never thought I would say this, but kind of hints that he doesn't want to be more than siblings, even though it seems like she might be. So, you know, they aren't true brother and sister, but it seems like Volk views her as a sister where she might have some other feelings for him. 
And then moving into chapter 22, Open Ocean, there's a moment of Volk having some very oddly specific dreams again. And it's another hinted moment of Adele just practicing his dream weaving um, and spilling a little bit of it into himself with some feelings of wanting to, you know, essentially hide his side and, and kind of concerns about being noticed. And also in, in that room is this this description of Zaxis almost cuddling with Forsyth and then trying to, to play it off um, that Forsyth wanted it. Uh, but it's it's very cute and it's another relationship building moment for them. You can tell how much Zaxis really cares for Forsyth and how close they truly are. And it shows that you know, there is an additional connection with an Eldrin outside of just a pet that is always with you. They are much more than that. Zaxxas. Just, just, it's okay. Everybody <laughs> is like that with their Eldrin. Accept it and just let it be okay. Like, you don't need to be act all Mr. Tough and Almighty. Everybody knows you are. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Just accept that you can cuddle with your Eldrin, okay? It's okay. And after after Zaxus notices that Volk's awake, he asks to have a discussion with him. And surprise, surprise, he wants to talk about the fact that Volk and Ilya were sleeping together on a hammock. And <laughs> is there something going on? And really implies that he's very jealous of Volk, even though that is not at all how Volk sees the relationship. And we kind of continue to see, you know... Uh, Zaxus is also bothered by the fact of the relationship with Addy and, and Selfrey. So Zaxus seems to be very jealous in general. Um, and he convinces, you know, he's talking with Volk about this. And Volk tells him that Addy can't actually heal with her Phoenix magic. So as much as he thinks she is advancing faster than him, she's really just missing this big part of, of her magic and it really kind of gives some perspective to Zaxxas of, you know, maybe I'm not as much of an outcast as he almost feels like he is. The biggest part is that Zelfry never really trains Zaxxas one-on-one. You know, I, I think, if I can remember correctly, Zelfry just got done training Addy that morning on the ship by themselves. So... You know, Zaxxas kind of has that right to be kind of, I think he doesn't really like me, you know? He doesn't ever want to train with me personally. He's always very negative or very, like, condescending when he, you know, does train with me. And yeah. it's just okay, you know, an okay level. Nothing's ever great. Nothing's ever, like, oh, you did an amazing job with that. So I can definitely see where Zaxxas can start to feel that way and, you know, feel like he's not good enough. And he even challenges Volk with it and says that if Volk were to go and pressure Zelfry, that he doesn't even think Zelfry would train with him one-on-one. -on -one. So Volk goes and talks to him and it ends up being able to convince Zelfry. He does have to convince him. And we learn that Zelfry was actually involved with Traven Ren, who is, you know, looks just like Zaxxas. And there's a lot of relationship there. So anytime Zelfry is with Zaxxas one-on-one, -on -one, there's essentially additional emotions that are being brought up, and it just makes it really difficult for Zelfry to do it. And Volk doesn't explain this fully to Zaxxas, but you have to wonder 
does he know of any of the history with Traven? Um, you know, was he aware that Traven was being trained by Zelfry? You know, they both have Ren as the name. I don't know if that's how close the relationship is, but there's a, there's a lot of questions in terms of how much does Zaxxus know about that past and that history. Well, I imagine because Phoenix has come from Ruma, and, you know, I imagine Zaxxus knows who the last Phoenix Arcanists were that left before, uh, before Zaxxus Natty. So I imagine there's an understanding of, like, especially with Ren being the last name, so I imagine, you know, it's a fairly close relation, especially with the way that Isle of Ruma is. But I'm kind of curious because, like, this is kind of when, when Zelfer kind of slams the doors open in the closet. And... <laughs> There's a skeleton there. <laughs> right. So it's like that. I wonder, I wonder how Volk, you know, processed that mentally because it's definitely taken me a few minutes of, like, wait a minute, did I, did I hear that completely correctly? Like, not, not judging or anything. It's just that, like, I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. I, just, just to make sure here. Cause... <laughs> the processing is going on. He's he's trying to figure out all the connections because there's a lot of them there, and it it has a lot of implications for the relationship with with Zelfry. And this conversation is really good, not only because Zelfry agrees to train with Axis, but Zelfry also has this realization that this is a gap in where his him being a master is, you know, he is not treating Zaxxus the way he should be treated. He is holding something against him that Zaxxus played no part in. And that's something that Zelfry needs to get better at. So that's a, a great realization for him and, and a moment of, of improvement. Which is quickly wrecked because Callisto shows up. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, can't, can't go too far without Callisto. He's always on the heels. Um, and... To, to try and make things a little tougher, Zelfry actually goes in, into the Occult Compass entry that describes how to get there. He adds a few more directions on at the end. And a few things that this leads to is, one, we find out that Zelfry is a master forger, which is a very handy talent to have. And two, him just quickly thinking, you know, we are going to give this to Callisto. He's going to get it. But maybe we can buy ourselves some... And, you know, that's a really great idea. I kind of wish Zelfry would have, like, been able to put directions in the middle of, like, the cartographer's directions rather than at the end. Because, I mean, at some point, Callista is going to make it around the area where the occult compass is. But, yeah, he's going to continue on, obviously. But I kind of wish he did the, like, in the middle of just to kind of keep throwing him off even more. But... I mean, imagine, in, hey, we, we got minutes to figure this out. Let, let me at least do something here. That, that's a pretty good idea from Delphi. Yes, and you're, you're hoping he points him towards something and Callisto tries to take a shortcut and then maybe ends up having to route along. But it is something that is is kind of a last-ditch attempt at buying them anytime they can. And Zelfri has this plan of he's going to be essentially the the tribute for the for the group and <laughs> he puts Volk in responsibility of the group and then he says that he's going to take the journal and just take a boat out to Callisto and essentially sacrifice himself. And 
this is where, and we've seen this before, and, and especially I think in the very beginning of this book, Volk is treated like the the lieutenant, I guess. You know, Zelfry being the captain and uh, Volk being the lieutenant. And uh, my military past, I, I like to relate things. So that's that's something I'm comfortable with and I know better. And <laughs> like, man, why is it Volk that's constantly being you know picked to, to keep track of everybody? You know, why is he the one? And then looking at everybody individually, like Addy and Adelgis, like yes, they're they're good and they're gonna do what they're told, but nobody's gonna take them seriously. Zaxus, Hexa, and Iliad just proved that they're just absolute hotheads, so they're just gonna fly off the handle and do what they want. So that kind of just leaves Bulk. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess Bulk's it. So he'll he'll disobey orders sometimes but that's at least better than what everyone else is at so in the right context you will <laughs> there's a little bit more trust so and then moving into chapter 23 we get a little more information about the mimic and the relationship and we find out that Traces is extremely weak when she's not mimicking another elder and her base form i guess you could call it is just a little kitty and it is very vulnerable so it's a common reason why zelfry often leaves traces away from a battle directly because if she were to revert to that form for whatever reason extremely vulnerable and and not really able to protect herself his elderin and, and the fact that if something were to incapacitate him or you know whatever were to happen where he happened to lose his transformation and you know traces was right there and she got killed like he's he's immortal again yeah he loses all of his powers as, as well so he's he's hit twice by it yeah and as Zelfry leaves everybody is rightfully worried and volk actually does a pretty good job here of being calm being a leader to the group and and taking a course of action to try and protect Zelfry as much as they can. He listens to Zelfry for a minute or two <laughs> and and strives to not chase after him. Um, but we'll get to that in, in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I think everyone is just generally very concerned about the situation because Zelfry is putting himself in the hands of a, a dread pirate. And there's this talk of Volk doing some measuring, some back-of-the-hand measuring, where he's taking the distance to the horizon, and you take 1.17 times the square root of, of eye level, and I don't know what their schools are, but there's no way that I could do that on the fly. So the way that they're able to determine any sort of amount out of that, of, of how far away something is, is impressive in its own right. Like decimals, that it's gonna take me a minute. Once through in the square root, I'm like, yeah, that's I'm out. Like, they're, they're, this is calculator math. This, ain't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where's the typewriter, Eldrin? <laughs> um, Zelfry ends up sailing in in his little dinghy and sails to Callisto's ship, and the the group debates about what they're gonna do next, and again, just decides we're not going to listen to Zelfry. We're going to split up. Half of the group is going to go get the guild, and then half the group is going to 
take this daring rescue plan to, to go after Zelfry. I swear, if Zelfry could have heard this conversation, he'd have been like, for, for the love of God, once, just once, listen, please. It's it's the theme of the book is really nobody <laughs> nobody listens to Zelfry. <sighs> they end up the group ends up landing at Port Rask a couple days later and Trace is, is not in good shape. She's in Rizzle form but is in rough shape and ends up reverting back to mimic form. And this is either implied as too far away from Zelfry to maintain the magical connection. Or the fact that Zelfry is, is likely in so much pain that he's not able to, you know, keep the magic up on, on his end. And I, I like that we, we started to learn that magic is affected by distance from your Eldrin. So the further away from your Eldrin you are, and not necessarily like, oh, you're 100 yards away, but like miles and miles away the harder it is for you to do magic or the weaker your magic is. And I, I like that we start to get introduced to that here. So this is where chapter 24 picks up into the fog. And again, distance from your Eldrin, and, and you, you got to remember the Eldrin are what make up the magic. So they're the reason why Arcanus can perform magic, can heal, all of that. So the further and further away that they get, the more difficult it is going to be healed from any kind of injuries. And Tracis knows that Zelfry is really in some pain. Tracis is really pushing them to, to go after Zelfry at this point. So they're, they're sitting there debating whether they should go back to the compass and all that. And, and good old Luth there, he says, trust yourself. Uh, he, he kind of tells, you know, like you said earlier about drowning, He's going to let Volk drown for as long as humanly possible. And then he's going to save Volk at the last second and be like, okay, here's your answer. So he you know, he does what he has to when he needs to at that time. You know, he tells Volk, hey, you need to trust yourself and be more confident. So, And this is where, because everybody's looking to Volk for, for answers. You know, he, he was the one that Delphi put in charge of everybody. And inaction is, is often the worst choice of all of it because... Not doing something is worse than a bad plan. Talking about good leaders, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Something now is better than waiting. So, obviously there's caveats to that, but standing there with a thumb up your butt trying to figure out what to do for half the time that you have available, it's not good. No, and, and they have a few options that they're pushing between, do you go get the rest of the guild? Do you search for the compass to try and get it away? Do you go after Zelfry? And in either case, time is of the essence of those. So the faster you take the path, you know, maybe it is the wrong path to your point, but at least there's something coming. Help is on the way. You're, you're moving towards a goal. So Luther, some experience from Luther with Mathis was that they would wait out the pirates or wait out their, their person thereafter and, you know, know where they're going to be so that they can strike them, uh, you know, in an ambush. And that, that's really a great tactic for, for this because they know where Clissa is going to be. He's going to end up somewhere, you know, along that path that Volk knows at some point. 
so they, they finally decide to have Volk, Ilya, and Zaxxus. They're, they're gonna, those three are going to go after Zelfry. And then Addy, Hexa, and Adelgis are going to go for the compass. But one of the like best thought ideas that they have was sending the two Phoenixes to go get the guild. Like, that that's something that I'm like, oh, I, I even think about that. Like, that's such a great idea, you know? Yeah, if they can go and, and redirect the guild, hopefully they can come and bring some backup, some much-needed backup to help support the group. And and this gives them time to, to plan and everything, and Volk kind of reflects on the, on the fact that in all of these books that he read, all the, swash, the swashbuckling tales and everything like that, they never talk about the, the travel time, the waiting, eating, planning, all these boring, you know, things. And then he's like, well, I guess that would make for a really boring book, too, if they put that in there. Yeah, and it's Volk is finally realizing that there's a lot more to the adventure than everything he's idealized growing up. He still loves it, but there's a, some parts of it that just aren't as fun. <laughs> and they they get some some interesting interesting advice from from Papa Ren, and Zaxus brings up that you know don't be afraid of the challenge, be afraid of the failure, and really encouraging them to take action. They know it's a daring plan. They know there's a high risk of something going very wrong, but if they don't do anything, if they are too scared to even attempt it, things are going to be worse off for it. And, and this kind of makes sense as to why Zaxxus is the way he is. Charge into everything, and I think this gives us a really clear picture on as far as his character, and it helps build his character that he's not just this jerk. He's just kind of doing what his dad told him to do. Yeah, he was brought up with this mindset of, of take action. Finally, the third abyss starts to get closer to them. They can see the fog rolling in. So, they have Ilya teleport everybody into the third abyss. And this isn't something that's just, like, teleport once onto the third abyss. It's teleport part of the way into the water, and then teleport another little bit of the way into the water, and then, you know, again into the water, and then finally onto the ship. And one of the most impressive things is, I don't know if she's ever teleported with other people yet. Like, we, we saw when they were trying to get into the underground cave that she touched them and pushed them basically teleported them individually but she never actually like teleported with other people it's definitely another step up in mastering her magic and, and being more powerful I, I love Trace's advice right before they go to, to teleport onto Third Abyss she's basically like don't mess up <laughs> very helpful where would they be without her good, good pep talk thanks <laughs> all right so now we are finally on to the third abyss Ilya explains that she can't actually like teleport into walls because like there, there's that thought earlier of what what happens if Ilya just kind of teleports them and they just kind of get stuck in a wall like like <laughs> you only imagine like ah, I need help to get out <laughs> she does explain that she she can't really get stuck in a wall. She can feel like pockets of space that she can teleport to. So 
it's it's definitely reassuring, I imagine, for Volker and Zaxxus both that it's not just they're going to teleport in a random wall or, you know, in the middle of a cell or something and be stuck there, so. And you definitely thought when she was teleporting people down to the cave, she has to teleport, like, through ground. So there's a chance they just end up, you know, stuck in stone. So it's a very reassuring fact of, I will I will survive the teleport. <laughs> so on the ship, they're kind of looking around trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Like, where are they at? Because, you know, like, once they get on the ship, Volk can see, because he's got night vision, basically, thanks to Luther's innate ability. And they're trying not to draw any more attention than they have to, so it's basically Volk leading them around. Volk pretty much identifies exactly where they are on the ship because of the fact that he knows so much about ships. Uh, he mentions that barrels that have metal rings contain liquid, and then barrels without metal rings contain pretty much everything else that's on the ship. Ilya kind of mentions that they're taught all these useless facts about ships. And here comes Luther, like, oh, no, 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 these aren't useless if they come in handy. We have a use for them <laughs> now. Volk also, like, sends Luther out ahead of them to check, make sure, make sure the coast is clear, you know, unlock doors, all that kind of stuff, like, you know, burglar, burglar Luther. And, again, this is a great utilization of Luther, to have him search ahead so that way they don't alert somebody on accident. And Luther is much better at shadow-stepping than Volk, so able to control where he's going, come out stealthily and not just stumble into somebody. So definitely an advantage that he has because he's so much more experienced at doing it. As they're traversing the ship, they get up at a level, they end up hearing... A win, uh, the Wendigo and Bane being punished for not getting the book back from Volk. Because again, Volk stole the book while they were in Port Crown. And this is kind of where we learn that Bane's brother was Calro. And Calro used to be part of Callisto's crew and was, was actually like Callisto's right-hand man. After Bane and uh, Wraith get punished, the other Arcanists they aren't healing afterwards. And this is kind of where we realize that because of the Manticore Venom, it keeps them from healing properly or at all or being able to use magic in general. So it, it prolongs the time for recovery and it makes it so that they can't actually use their magic. It's another way that Callisto found to, to torture people is, you know, taking away some of their, their most basic powers. Right, because again, they can't get the arcane plague. Yeah, they don't have to worry about the crap that everybody else has to worry about because they don't follow rules because they're pirates, and they could just oh, we're gonna take your magic away from you too while we're at it. Ha ha ha! <laughs> they have to find something, <laughs> right? They they kind of debate like, do we go in and kill Bane and Wraith? Do we just kind of leave them be and? Uh, I think smartly they decided just, hey, let's keep looking for Zelfry. We need to find him. There's this discussion between Volk and Zaxus where Zaxus's argument is, you know, they're weak now. Would they show us mercy? We should take advantage of it. And Volk pushes more of the moral ground of, you know, they're already weak for, from the beating. This wouldn't be fair or morally right to strike down some tortured prisoner. 
and and kind of ends up pushing Zaxxus towards the the moral high ground. Yeah, and I'm sure like Zaxxus probably isn't too happy about that, but again, really not in a position to to argue about things right now. It's, they're they're on a stealth mission again, so like it, it's kind of that like okay, fine, just we'll leave it be. We'll continue on doing you know going looking for what we need to do. It's also life or death. <laughs> You just have to make a decision at that point. Right, like, what happens if you don't actually, like, get them in one go, and then all of a sudden the alarms are going off, and just, you know what, just, it's better, good good choice, they decided to just leave them be and continue on the original mission. And again, we see Luther being utilized fairly well with going and stuffing out candles and lanterns and all that stuff, locking doors, taking care of everything for Volk and Co., so that they can sneak around the ship as best as possible and quietly as possible. And for Luther being very much right, wrong, he makes an excellent thief. <laughs> he does. He really does. <laughs> He's got the perfect, I can make it dark. I can see in the dark. I can unlock doors. I can probably unlock treasure chests. Perfect. Like, imagine if Ilya and Volk ever wanted to go rogue. Like, between the two of them, they've got it. It's, it'd know, be they devastating. Can do everything. So, so <laughs> at the end here, uh, we we hear a voice coming from behind a door, and it's uh, it, it's enticing Volk, Ilya, and Zaxxus to to come inside. And this is where chapter twenty five ends off. That this will be the end of this episode. I do also want to mention this week we unfortunately we don't have a bestiary. Uh, there's there's really no new creatures this time, is there? No, it's it's a short little stint where it's it's a lot of characters still moving around, but nothing new at this point. Get some uh, tension being built up for uh, some crazy things going on. So, as far as uh, on the podcast, you can find us Podbean, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have a Facebook Facebook group for Field Podcasts. If you'd like to message and uh, talk with us there, if you want to comment on there as well. We are also on YouTube, so if you want to see us discussing this rather than just listening, we're on YouTube. And we also want to give a huge shout out to the Frith Chronicles fandom again, because without their work, we were we have to do a lot more work ourselves. So uh, we do appreciate everything they do, and, and we do get quite a lot of information from them. So uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can email us at frithfieldpod at gmail.com. And again, on Facebook at frithfieldpod. And I thank you for listening and have a good one. We'll see you next episode.